Today's reading is taken from John 16, 23 to 28. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, and my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. It's uh, great to be able to share this morning uh, in this final St Nick's at Home. Um, my name is Craig, as I've been introduced, and uh, with my wife Becky and our two kids, we've been uh, worshipping at St Nick's for nearly two years now, uh, most of which has been in the pandemic, uh, so we haven't met as many people as we might have. Um, but it's great this morning to be concluding our kind of mini-series looking at uh, prayer um, and this morning, as we kind of draw all of those thoughts together, we're looking at how we can uh, approach the Father, um, which uh, is what prayer is all about. As we uh, join uh, for these 10 days um, with Christians around the world and across the city uh, in uh, thy kingdom uh, come um, to pray between Ascension and Pentecost um, for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth. So we're reminded at the end of this season of online church um, that the whole purpose of prayer and discipleship is about knowing the Father more. And from that place of being able to approach the Father, everything else will flow out of our discipleship. So the passage uh, we've been looking at, um, we heard read this morning, um, comes in a chunk of Jesus teaching uh, his instructions in John's 13 to 16 um, and chapter 17, we get Jesus' amazing prayers where he prays for himself, for his disciples and for all Christians. And I don't know um, whether you had your Bible open as you uh, as those verses were read to us this morning, but they don't seem to flow together. Um, certainly not in my ESV. And uh, I had a look in the NIV as well. And, and there was no uh, the, the commentators, the translators had all split it up into different chunks. Um, and so I was looking at it and trying to understand what was happening. But what we see here is Jesus teaching and preparing his disciples for when he is no longer with them. And so at the start of chapter 16, to put it into context, um, as Linda helped us look at last week, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to resources in praying and living. And then these verses uh, come in the middle of a chunk in verses 16 to 33 um, where we're told that we have been given the gift of the son and um, Jesus teaches first in 16 to 22 that we have been given his personal presence in verses 23 to 28 that we're looking at this morning we've been given his boundless provision and finally in verses 29 to 33 uh, we see Jesus triumphant position and so I just want to look at three things uh, very quickly this morning before we uh, apply this uh, to our lives. And the first thing is that uh, we have 
access to the Father. We can approach the Father because we have access to him. And so I don't know um, whether you could make much sense of what, um, what Jesus was teaching in those verses as they were read this morning. But um, I got sat down, I read the commentaries, um, I began to try and understand what was happening. And this is all about Jesus, um, uh, going back to the purpose of what Jesus is doing in this section of John's Gospel. Jesus is teaching his disciples about what is to come. He was preparing them for his absence from earth. And in verse 28, we read, didn't we? And now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. So whilst they were on earth, the disciples were in the habit of taking their requests directly to Jesus. And they would be encouraged by his prayer for them to the Father. But now Jesus is going away. He's going back to be with the Father. That changes everything, literally. By his death and his rising, which in John's gospel is just coming in a couple of chapters time. We know um, that Jesus will remove the barrier of sin and establish a new relationship in which the disciples, in which we, with utter confidence, can address the Father directly through Jesus. And so that's what Jesus is teaching them in the moment as they lived in the ancient Near East 2000 years ago. We've looked at abiding with uh, Daniel, uh, what it means to, to spend time and to live in Jesus, to be grafted as the branches onto the vine. And Daniel helped us to look at that as we live in this world. You, knowing our unworthiness, knowing we're covered by Jesus' sacrifice. And Jesus says, what, ask whatever you want of the Father in my name and he will give it. And this is what leads us to our joy. Um, so the second, that's the first thing is we have access to the Father through Jesus. The second thing uh, is that the Father loves us. And it is this experience of joy in asking and receiving, in knowing we're loved by God. And um, that Jesus says in verse 27, no, it means we can know we are loved by the Father. The Father loves us. And Jesus teaches that if, uh, doesn't he elsewhere in the Gospels, that um, even if as fallen earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts? So in asking for and looking to receive what we desire from the Father, we can often uh, tend to be too abstract, um, not asking specifically enough so we don't know uh, whether uh, the prayer has been answered. Or we can tend to the too specific, um, uh, too self-centred um, and simply tag in Jesus' name on the end, um, showing our misunderstanding of what it means to pray in Jesus' name which Roy uh, looked at for us a few weeks ago. But we can know that the Father loves us, and we'll come back to that um, at the end. And so the third thing is that we do all of this through the Son. Jesus is telling this group of followers uh, that he will not be there. He's told them again and again. He's preparing them through these stories. And that changes how they will pray. They now have access or well, they very shortly will in their chronological time, um, have access to the Father through the Son. They can pray to the Father because of the Son's sacrifice and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we pray in Jesus' name, we are reminding ourselves that what we're asking for is what we hope Jesus is already asking for, for that situation. Is Our heart is in line with Jesus' heart for this world and for the places we find ourselves.
That's the basis of our intercessions, of our petitions of God the Father through, earth, through, through the earthly sacrifice and heavenly intercession of Jesus. We can intercede. And so Jesus says, when I'm not here, when I'm not with you on earth anymore, this is how you're to pray through me. The joy you experience, the joy of being loved by the Father and knowing that he hears your prayers, that you can approach him, is because of me. Tom Wright um, helpfully talks about this in uh, his commentary on uh, the Gospel of John. And he says, it's time to throw out the junk room of all of our minds, those medieval images of a distant, remote, uncaring father who has to be pleaded with and, as it were, bribed with the blood of his own son before he can be made even to think of doing something good for us. It's time to throw all of that out and to know that through the son, God longs to be for us to be with him, to approach him as father. In one of his books, um, Pete Gregg um, tells the story of his friend James and uh, James's son Connor in his final year of school uh, would come home most days um, and he'd go and find his dad in his study. He'd remove his tie and flop down on the sofa. He'd remain there a while whilst James continued to work. Um, he'd, Connor would silently be sprawled out on the cushion, staring at the ceiling, idly thumbing through his phone, never particularly wanting to talk. Connor didn't have any agenda other than to unwind in the presence of his father. Later in the evening, he'd chat with his dad about the day he'd asked to borrow the car. But when he got home, all that he wanted to do was to be with his father without doing or saying anything. Imagine how that made the dad feel. Sometimes our father in heaven is simply longing for us to do this, to rest in his presence. The Pope has even admitted that sometimes he allows himself to fall asleep in the Father's presence. Pete Gregg tells the story of finishing one of his books and taking the family to the pub. There was a large leather couch there for him and a playground just outside for the kids. And he sent them off to have fun. And one of them ran straight outside, started climbing on the climbing frame. The other turned back, climbed into Pete's lap and looked him in the eye and said, Daddy, I missed you. Pete writes, you can minister deeply to the Father's heart with unnecessary acts of deep affection. Whether we expect God to be interested in our day-to-day -day, uh, lives as our Heavenly Father or some distant grey-bearded figure um, dictates how you will approach prayer. And the impact of our earthly relationships with our dads, our absent dads, our stepdads, working dads, present dads, spiritual dads, unspiritual dads, will have an impact on how we see God as Father and how we approach him in prayer with all of our lives. As Paul writes in Ephesians 2, through Jesus we have access in one spirit to the Father. There are so many stories throughout the Bible of God being a good Father who longs for us to be in his presence. Jesus teaches if earthly fathers, as I've already mentioned, give good gifts when their children ask for bread, they don't give them a scorpion, then how much more will our heavenly father give us good gifts? Paul writing in Romans says uh, we approach God as Abba, father, daddy, that most intimate Aramaic word um, for our relationship with our heavenly father. And Jesus gives us the story of the prodigal father. We call it the prodigal son, but to be prodigal means to be reckless, extravagant, generous. 
Um, and it is the father who is those things with the son. The purpose of prayer is to give us a way to be in the father's presence. Whether we use liturgy, whether we say the same things, whether we uh, make it up as we pray and intercede, whether we, how we use scriptures, confession, thanksgiving, asking, intercession, yielding, psalms or lament. We do it all as a framework to help us step into the Father's presence. We do this individually as we pray and reflect and journal. We do it corporately as we sing and reflect and hear the word of God. And we look for Christ in one another. I've just finished uh, listening to Pete Scotsera's Emotionally Healthy Leader, and he talks about the purpose of our prayer lives, of, of our discipleship, to be about enabling us to have loving union with God. We should know our place before God Almighty. He is awesome and holy, and we cannot stand before him in our own strength, but in the blood of Christ. We're not perfect or worthy except for Christ's cross. But boy, does the father long for us to be able to come to him and to climb into his lap and tell him that we love him. The last 15 months or so have been uh, the hardest of most of our lives. We have all been affected as certain things we took for granted. Um, perhaps we even stood on as the rock of our lives, um, particularly here in, in the West, uh, were swept away. We have faced deep and searching questions about where is our loving God in the midst of all this suffering. We've needed to lament those losses, to grieve for what we thought we could rely on and to grieve for those people and family that we have lost as well. And in the midst of all of this, we have a father in heaven who has been with us in the suffering. He hasn't been distant, but he's longed to be in each of our lives, longing for us to know that we can approach him with the highs and the lows of our life. And so we come to him searching for that loving union, for our intimacy with our creator that we were made for, for our identity as children of God. But I just want to finish by uh, reading the quote from the artist Charlie Mackesy and his painting, The Prodigal Daughter. And I just invite you now to allow the father to remind you of his presence, for you to climb into his lap and say, Daddy, I love you. And to receive the love that he has for you as well. So hear these words um, from uh, the, the prodigal daughter. This is the story of the prodigal daughter. It should really be called the running father who waited every day for his girl to come home the daughter who had rejected him so badly. But when he saw her from a long way off, he ran to her and hugged her and kissed her. And Father, that is what we pray, that we would know your embrace this morning, that we can approach you in prayer. Amen.